Hello and welcome back to the Full On Football Podcast. It has been a while, a bit of a sparkle. I've been out of the country a couple of times, I think, and I think even you have, haven't you? Well, you've usually been on holiday. I've usually been on holiday. I haven't been on holiday. I've been just waiting Working for you to Working for Magnus is wait- a holiday, isn't it? Yeah, it is, mate. Yeah, it's one long holiday. I've just been waiting for you to get back. Yeah, well, Just sat here it. waiting, and it just didn't happen. Six weeks on, we're back. Yeah, we're honestly, back. I've had the time of, li- time of my life. Um, I've been to Tetbury. You've been to Tetbury? Lovely place. Malmesbury? Malmesbury, about 15 miles from home. Get a nosebleed? Yeah, I did, yeah. <laughs> Very high up. A lot has happened since... We can't cover it all because there's just simply not enough time. If there was, we would cover it all. Just a quick one. Congratulations to West Ham. I just do want to get that on record because oh. I was really pleased for them. Declan Rice is going to leave. It's been confirmed and he deserves it. And I'm sure all the West Ham fans will wish him well. You certainly should. I know you might not forgive him if he goes to Chelsea, but I think you've got to understand he is a Chelsea Boyard fan. He's given everything to your club. He might even be back one day. So just thank him for his service. Alfie, if you're listening. That one's for you. That one's for you, getting the bat and ball. That is exactly it. But tonight we're here to talk about the obvious, well the obvious is the only thing to talk about, the best English team ever and that is Bristol City this season. No, not not really. Obviously Man City, Man City this season winning the treble. So the second English side to do it after your Man United. Um, I think it's fair to say, I don't know what you think, I think this uh, this treble dwarfs that quite considerably in my opinion. But um, why? I just think their streets better than what Man United were. I think they are. I, I think I'm, it's not, quite... I'm not disputing that. I think they're a better team. But was it a better achievement? Ooh, that's that's two, the point. Two, two yeah. ways, so they're a better side. Is you, it a better you achievement? Said, you, well, no, no. no. Your, you said this treble dwarfs that treble. Yeah, in terms of how good they are. Sorry, I'll re- re-clarify that. In okay. terms of in terms of the achievement achievement in itself, I think the the Man United one was more of a fairy tale as well. So I think you know of the two when you're writing a script. You go for the Man United one, of course. But it did have about 79 points or something. I, I might get corrected by some uh, no, you're thinking right. nerd here, but I think they only had about 79 points in the league. Man City still ended up with 90-plus, didn't they? Yeah. But side. it's a different era, and I think... I, I don't know who said it. I've seen it on social media sometime about three weeks ago before it happened. It's the, it's the Mount Everest thing. Yeah. What was more impressive? The first person who climbed Mount Everest... Or the second person. <laughs> Obviously, the first person. The first person. What about it, the first? Did they think it could be done? No one thought it could have been done until it was done, and it was done by Manchester United, not Manchester City. That is the facts. I agree with you that Manchester City's team—they are a joke, and they are the best team I've ever seen. So I agree Ooh, with you. We're going to come on to that. I disagree, but we'll come on to that. They are an incredible side, and I think they were pound for pound a better eleven or a better squad than the Man United treble winning side. Agreed. However, the achievement I think was greater in nineteen ninety nine because we sat here a year ago when the the uh, the news was broke that Man- Manchester City was signing Erling Haaland, and we just turned around and said they'll win the lot next year. Did we say that? Yeah, we've said so many things. We said so many things, and we're wrong most of the time. But wrong so many times said, that we're right. We sat here and said that they're the best team in Europe anyway, and it's not as easy as that. Yeah. But normally, you know, there there was very little that we could. There was very little argument that we would that we could give this time last year that Man City weren't going to basically be favourites for every competition. And that doesn't mean they're going to win it, but they were going to have to win it eventually. The favourites again for everything next year. Yeah, they way. are, and, that, but, and that's and that's and that's you know testament to them. Incredible side, incredible achievement. They're poor in the final. They are the best English team ever. There's no debate for that. And there's so many 
so many ways we could, so many superlatives we could use. They are fantastic side. You wanted to talk about listening to was it the Trans European Express earlier on? You were telling me about that. that's fascinating. Just give us a quick overview of what Andy Brassel said. Yeah, so Andy, I listened to Andy Brassel. He's a European football correspondent for Talk Sport, um, and he was they were going through the entire leagues, but obviously they started with the Champions League final. And he said something that it just, it, I don't know the exact phrase, but it was something on the lines of the Man City, Real Madrid, uh, second leg of the semi final at the Etihad was the best performance he has ever seen in his life. And it was a once in a lifetime performance. You, you will not see that again. And you will not see that again from Manchester City. To expect that level of performance is just, it just will not happen. And. For someone who is what you know, it's their job to watch football. They've watched football all over Europe. They're in the know with all these things. They watch a lot. They watched a lot of Pep's Barcelona, a lot of Pep's Bayern, the great Real Madrid sides of the last sort of ten, fifteen years, the great AC Milan sides of, of yesteryear. To say something like that is testament to how ridiculous they are. And we all watched the game, and we all were sort of in awe. But to hear the talked about in that regard, I think is is where. We have to start saying that this team may be, or you know, are in the conversation with one of the best teams of all time. The only thing I think that goes against them slightly is the the standard of the Champions League this year. I don't think was that high. I don't think all the other big boys were at their pomp or have been at their pomp. Um, but it doesn't take anything away from how good they are because they are streets ahead of if the next best team. This season, the Champions League was Napoli, or if the next best team this season in the Champions League was Real Madrid, they were probably fifty percent better than them, and that shows how ridiculous they are. So, on a quick one, um, well, it's not going to be a quick one, I'm afraid. It's going to be a long one, but they are for me their second best team. I've seen. You said they're the best. They could be, yeah, they could be. Do you know what I think the key point for me, and this is the word you want to write this one down. Go you got on. a pen? No, you write got it. this. Write this one down. Yeah, go on. Barcelona, the best team I've seen. The Pep Barcelona. I do think so. But it was one-dimensional. It was one way of playing. They were just that good at it. I don't think there's... It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They don't need a plan B. This Man City side are more diverse. They're not... They're, they're everything that that Barcelona side were in terms of technicalities. Passing the ball, tic-a-tac, etc. They're probably just 2% less. Yeah, I agree. Yeah? But they're they're bullies. They're big. They're fast, very good defensively. They have a box midfield. They're, they're strong at the back. They have four centre back. John uh, John Stones this season. I get. I get. I could tangent in so many different directions. One one thing we wanted to talk about is there's no obvious best player at Man City. Now I know everyone says De Bruyne, and you're right. But their point in seasons, you said earlier, quite rightly. I'm sorry for stealing your limelight here, but Bernardo Silva was their best player for points. Haaland is obviously. Hey, he might win the Ballon d'Or. He might be the best player. De Bruyne might. John Stones has changed their season. John Stones has completely changed the dynamic of their whole season. Rico Lewis playing that right-back centre-mid role. That's been a thing for a while. Philip Lamb did that at Bayern Munich. Pep's done it for a while. Cancelo doing it from left-back. John Stones started doing it from right-back. But that transition of doing a centre-back into midfield, we've never seen it before, is shorter distances. They literally... I don't know how you can really get at them because when he goes into midfield... The three centre-backs, the two full-backs just tuck in. You've got three centre-backs that are both comfortable defending wide mm. with two older midfielders that have the ball over They're about six foot four. I don't know how, I don't know where the weakness is. No. And do you think it's, 
when a team is sort of a pioneer, do you think it makes it... Does that where the greatness comes from? We think, you, you, you quite rightly, you said about Pep's Barcelona, that great side. We hadn't seen that, or at least we hadn't seen it done in that way in a long time since maybe, and again, this was before my time, but the great Ajax sides of, what was it, the 80s and the 90s. Um, we hadn't seen that before. That's made them so great. What What are they doing? What are Xavi and Iniesta doing? What is Messi dropping in? They haven't got a striker. We hadn't seen that. No, That's true. what makes them so great. Quite rightly, you said about John Stones. Is that why you said, how do you get at them? That's why they're that good, because you, you're sort of scratching your head looking at, well, if we do this, but, oh, wait, no, because John Stones is there. Oh, wait, what if we do this? Oh, but... Well, just think about it logistically. How does that without work? Going, without going too tactical, right? So you, you, you sit back and you say, we're going to play on the break. We're going to soak up. They've got the ball all the time. So we're just going to sit in shape. But you know what? We're going to be quite brave. We're going to leave three up top. Arguably, it's a three against three, but you've got two holding midfielders in transition. How do you get the ball to them? Mm. Oh, you go long. Well, defenders are quick. They're good in the air. All right. Both the uh, the fullbacks, they're actually centre-backs. They can tuck in. They're now in like a right centre-back and left centre-back role. But they're also comfortable when they're dragged wide. And John Stones has only got to come back sort of 10 yards and he's back into a back four. So if, if it takes more than three seconds in transition, and they're back to a back four anyway, mm-hmm. with a holding midfielder, I really don't see. I think you just got to go direct and hope you get the ball to your front three, front two really quickly. But you can say that about anything. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, there's nothing new there. No. So in terms of anything, I I look at that you can exploit. Somebody will discover it over time because people always do. New new ideas always happen. New things always come up. But yeah, and it's a great point. I didn't think of that. But pioneering, this is a pioneering side. I'm not sure the Bayern Munich one was. I've always placed the Bayern Munich side of sort of just the year before Pep took over as the second best side I've seen. It certainly exceeded that. And I know that I said on air a couple of months back. Um, I put the Centurions above this current side. And I was right to do so at that moment in time, by the way. They hadn't won anything yet. And they'd only played... The first half of the season was quite mediocre. It hadn't quite clicked. Haaland was outstanding, but the team hadn't clicked with Haaland. That's all true. But now it has. And now they've ended the season with three trophies. The last six months of what... The last half of the season, what we've seen, is as it is on that level of the Barcelona. So they've gone from not going to win the league... It's about how you finish the season. 92-odd points, the treble, the way in which they've done it, pioneering, and you're now thinking, you wouldn't, I'll tell you what, you really wouldn't be surprised if they did it again next year. Which is absolutely ridiculous, isn't it? It is incredible. And I think it's um, more testament to Pep about the pioneering, the how he's stumbled, in inverted commas, across this John Stones midfield role. He hadn't had this idea in pre-season and said, you know what, we've got six weeks in the Middle East on a training camp to work on this. It's in the middle of a season, the busiest season in living memory, one that they'd wedged a six-week World Cup campaign into the middle of. Yeah. Not to mention fighting on all three fronts, playing Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, from the 15th of January till... What was the Champions League final? The 10th of June. Yeah. For five months and has somehow created a brand new system playing a centre half in midfield that does a bit at right back that also pops up in the box. 
it's it's ridiculous when you think about what they have actually done and it sort of throws the rule book of coaching completely out the window <laughs> because he hasn't even really had the time to coach them in a modern way that you talk about you know Graham Potter at Chelsea didn't have a pre-season Antonio Conte needs six weeks for Tottenham to get them into his shape and his coaching methods Pep's done it in the middle of a season which shows how ridiculous he is and obviously how good technically and how um, intelligent the players are Incredible side, a modern rendition of that the the famous Barcelona side. They're physical, but they're, they're powerful. They? They're different. But they're, but they're different. They're more physical. They're bigger. They're. This, sorry to to rant. This is one thing I wanted to mention to you. Pep spoke about it after the Real Madrid game. How they've changed in his view. The defenders, defenders that are better in one on one situations. Yeah, I agree. And I thought about it and. It makes sense if you think back to they had Cancelo. Cancelo doesn't defend. Cancelo doesn't defend. He's not good. He's not a physical... He's not a monster in 1v1 situations, is he? He's not He's not no, that type of no. player. Um, Laporte, when he was a mainstay, he wasn't quite... He's, he's good, but he's not quite Ruben Diaz, or he's not quite a Kanji in that way. Um, Zinchenko, when he played that way... In not that a defender position, either. Not a defender in that same way. And even back to the Centurion side, Otamendi. Yeah, rash. Rash. You get at him, he's rash. Got him. That's the one you target. You you play on him. You play on him. Like you said, going direct. You go direct to Otamendi. Even, by the way, Barcelona, Dani Alves, one of the defender. Jordi Alba, no. not the best defender. So Mascherano, midfielder, playing yeah. in defence. So there were, like, I, I do I do admit, I think the Barcelona side, I still stick with that. But that's just a perfection of one style of play. This, this side here, they could go direct. They could go long ball. They could fight with you. They can play the tick attacker. They could play 3-2-4-1. Three, two, three, two, three, two, they could play 4 3 3. It doesn't matter. Whatever way, they will still be the same result. They're too good. The only side that would beat them is Bristol City. Credit John Stones, by the way, of how good he is. I just want to touch on one of the victims of the new system. There's a few more points we've got to get through here. And that was Carl Walker. Because Carl Walker was in good form. Um, they switched to this new 3 4 at the back. John Stones going into midfield. And what that meant for Carl Walker is he was no longer in the side. Akanji playing as the right back. Ake playing as the left back. Two centre backs. John Stones goes in. It shifts into a back three. It all makes sense. Obviously, Ake got an injury. Kanji went over to the left back role. John Stones come into his right back role. He has been fantastic the last two or three months. To the point, there was no way they were going to drop him in the final. They did drop him in the final. I heard lots of stick about it. People saying they couldn't understand. Nobody could understand Pep's thinking. Now, I could on the night, and I'm going to tell you why he did it. Interplay with a front two. It really is that simple. If Vinicius Jr. had been playing for Real Madrid, Carl Walker would have played. There was no need. There was no need for him to play because there was no winger for Walker to have to look after. No. They were sufficient with a three against two. It's redundant. Mm. It's as simple as that. Victim of the system, he really is, and he's done really well to get back in. But isn't it incredible that, like you said, he can drop out and sort of everyone sort of shuffles over? Can she play left back? Stones turns into a right back. Ruben Diaz is playing right centre half and he's playing left centre half. We, we've said before about. Did he, wasn't it John Terry couldn't play right centre? Yeah, he reckoned the angles were wrong for him. Yeah. Angles were wrong. Yeah. Uh, Harry Maguire is a left, set, right-footed left centre half, and when he's played right centre half since Lissandra Martinez come into the Man United side, he doesn't look right. Awful. These lads are just—I don't care where you want. They're me to clever, play. aren't they? Very intelligent. They're and all that, clever, and that must stem from the coach and the manager and everything. They are just 
Rodri, it's frustrating talking about it. Rod, Rodri must be one of the most intelligent footballers. He oh. don't ever lose the ball. Don't. And also, like, I wouldn't say he's a great defensive midfielder in terms of the breaking up play, but... Um, no, I'll retract that. He's really good at it. He's not somebody that's a tackler. No, no. But he just he just breaks things up positionally. I always thought Busquets did that. He's very, he's very similar to Busquets in a lot of ways, I think. Um... Gundogan, in terms of the greats, I want to talk about Ilkay Gundogan. That's probably his last game for Man City. What a way to go out, lifting the Champions League trophy. Unbelievable. As captain. Probably an underappreciated player because nobody talks about him. We talk about the Premier League greats, you know, Keane, Vieira, Gerrard. Probably going to put De Bruyne in there. He should be anyway. If you don't, you're wrong. Um, but Gundogan, season's on end. Now, technically, he's just outstanding. He's played holding midfield. He's played out and out number eight. Played as the striker. Bailed them out in many a big games. How good is he? Is he underappreciated? I think it's only this season and probably the last six months that he's got the credit. Um, in the running, he was instrumental. Like you said, so many players were John Stones, Gunnigan's um, form in the last sort of three months of the season. But last so, season as well, they wouldn't have won the league without him. They wouldn't have. But there was. you look back to that team, he probably wasn't in the best team last season at times. And that, again... It's just talking about his side. Last season, the wingers was Foden and Maris. Yeah. This this season, the run, it's not Foden and Maris. It's Grealish and Bernardo on the wings. Bernardo Silva played a lot in midfield last year. Now, he's so good, isn't he, by the way? Incredible. Um, Gunnigan, he probably won't ever get the credit he deserves on the basis that I think in ten years' time it'll still be Vieira, Keane, Scholes, Gerard. Yeah, he's over, over, overshadowed. Yeah, by... and it'll always be that's how we. Uh, the, those names will always be the names that come up in conversation. But the, this this Man City team, all four of those midfielders, De Bruyne, Bernardo Silva, Gundogan, and uh, Rodri, are probably four of the five top centre midfielders in the world. At the no, moment. they absolutely are. They and absolutely are. They they should even now. Even Rodri's only been in the league three seasons. They probably should already be going down as Premier Mate, League Rod- Rodri, greats. Rodri, Rodri not... for that role in the Premier League innovator. I've not seen anybody like him. All the Premier, all the holding midfielders in the Premier League I can think of that have been outstanding have been destroyers, and he's not totally different player. But Gundogan, not many players have been so important for both Klopp and Guardiola in their careers, and he has. But we've got to talk about the main man before we move on. And that is Scott Carson, his second Champions League trophy, both but in Istanbul, by the way. That is, you know that's going to be a pub question. I, day, I went to the uh, quarterfinal against Juventus in that 2-1. He had an outstanding game and then made um, a mistake, didn't he, Anfield? Just bit, is that right? Just one for, yeah, I went to that one. Let's just get that in there. But Haaland, how You good were at the Luis Garcia as well, weren't you? I was at Luis Garcia as well, yeah. Juventus, uh, Chelsea, Bayern Leverkusen, Olympiacos. You were all four? Yeah. How did you manage that? I don't know, I was a kid, mate. I got took along. Oh. Went with Andy Taylor, actually. <laughs> yeah, Andy Taylor and my old man, Pete Levis, and Murray Swallow. Is that right? Five of us in a car. I used to hang about in the Col- pub. Have, Col- a, have a chat, was it? Colesbrook did. Away days. Yeah, really brilliant times, I tell you. Um, Haaland, how good is he? And, you know, how does he compare with other greats? Because he's at a point now, we obviously know how good he is. He's 22. He's going to get better. But the conversation that I want to start when I say how good is he? Yes, we know Aguero, we know you know we're not you know Suarez, etc. But I, I want to start. I want to elevate it a little bit. I want to start talking Brazilian Ronaldo. I want to start talking these wow. types of players. How does he compare to that? Because Brazilian Ronaldo, I will say, third best player I've seen in my lifetime. He's not there yet, and I don't think he is as good as him personally. 
but he is totally different. It's almost like a, uh, some sort of robot between Ibrahimovic and I don't know Thierry somebody. Would, yeah, Thierry. Because <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what, he wouldn't because he's a poacher. He gets in the box and stuff. But with the pace that he's got and how direct he is, and he can get at you, he could probably play right wing and score twenty a season. I would have yeah, thought. He could, yeah. Get in the box, late runs, and all of that. So, how good is he for you? Is he a Ballon d'Or winner? Is he the best player in the world? Is it just that he's not as pleasing on the eye as what we've been spoilt with in the last fifteen years? Well. He's, in my opinion, he's not a Ballon d'Or winner because Kevin De Bruyne should win the Ballon d'Or because he's the best player in the world. And he is. And I'm gutted for him that he didn't have his two Champions League finals. He's gone off injured. It's sort of half halfway through the game, which is gutting for him. Um, he doesn't have that moment. There's a Dan moment, you know, the goal in a Champions League final to, to elevate him to that level, the Messi moment, the, what, the whoever you want to talk about. Yeah. Um, which goes against him. So I don't think, on the Ballon d'Or point, no. How does he compare? It's the physicality that he is so much... He is so much more physically gifted than like any player we've you seen. You know the only one that's probably close to him? We are going to talk about him in a second. Go on. Lukaku. Probably the only yeah. one that's close to him. But anyway, keep talking about Haaland. We'll come back to him in a second. Um, at an age, he is... There's, I've been, I, there's been, I don't think there's been a striker as prolific at an age that he is at. Maybe the Brazilian Ronaldo. Brazilian Ronaldo, Messi. Messi want a striker, but... Messi want a striker at that point. Um, but in a different way. As an out-and-out out number nine... As a number there's nine, been no one. There's been no one at that Not age really. that's so prolific. Only Brazilian Ronaldo. Um, physically, there's no one. There's no one who's six foot four, six foot five that is as fast as you said. Yeah, yeah it's, 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 <laughs> that doesn't make sense. The way and he strikes, he strikes the, ball, the ball, his finishing's unbelievable, isn't it? Finishing's unbelievable. Good in the air. Good in the air. Intelligence, intelligent. His movement is is mate. His movement. I always say about like Salah and Sterling's movement used to be good. Michael Owen's movement was always good. Um, you know, but his is as good as anyone's, literally. It for is. like six foot four, and he's getting in behind. It's like Jamie Vardy. He said he based a lot of it off Vardy, didn't he? Is that right? Yeah. Well, in all those in all those boxes, he ticks them with you know flying colours. He, he he's even he, get better link up, isn't he? He is. I just there's the only thing that perhaps um he's not the best we've seen is like you know the intricate stuff. No, no. Um, his touch. Can be incredible, not always, um, but he's twenty two. He'll get better. He, in terms of the Premier League, he he probably will go down as the best number nine we've seen. But you can't say it after a year. Just on that though, I want to uh, do a totally different episode on Harry Kane, and I really should. By the way, he needs to go around Madrid. That's the right move for him. If not, it's Man United, isn't it? But he's got to do one or two. Don't stay at Tottenham, Harry. No, don't stay. Say. But what season he's had to get thirty playing in a shambolic Tottenham side. Knocked up a lot of assists as well. So, fair play to Harry Kane, but no, Erling Haaland will probably exceed him. Just a matter of if he wants to stay in the league or not. That's all. Harry Kane will, would have scored the same amount of goals, though, have it said. Which is outstanding. Because he's only about he, five behind playing for Tottenham. As good as Erling Haaland has been, and you cannot say a bad word about him, I haven't seen him actually score maybe one or maybe one or two goals. He scored one outside the box. Yeah, exactly. And there's been maybe one or two that he caught. He's done more to get on the end of that. Most of them you expect him to score. Credit to him, though, for his movement. Incre- incredible. So. My point is, Harry Kane, he scores goals out of nothing because he has to because Tottenham are rubbish. He would score a similar amount of goals. Different player, he'd score a similar amount of goals. We're going to end by talking about the other side. We've been very Man City focused, and rightly so. Now... During my travels, I've actually been to, so the reason I've been away, um, 
I went to San Siro. I went and watched Inter Milan. I went and watched Inter Milan against Monza, which, believe it or not, are it's a local derby. Um, Monza's a city about 20 minutes from Milan. I they did uh, credit cards. They do. That's Monzo, but yeah, <laughs> oh, Monza. Fine. And uh, they lost 1-0. Inter Milan were awful. Absolutely awful. And then a week later, they're in Champions League semi-final. And they're playing AC Milan. They beat them. They look good. You were impressed by him. Discuss that. But I'll tell you as well, discuss Lukaku because you weren't impressed by him. Uh, no. I, I Lukaku frustrates the life out of me. And this season, he has put two performances. One for Belgium against, was it South Korea? Right. In the World Cup. Where... The finishing. Yeah, where he missed loads and loads of chances. He was crying at the end. Mate, I don't know how to put this into word about being dis- disrespectful. It was as pathetic a finishing performance as you will ever see from any striker yeah. in professional football. It was a laughing stock watching him in that um, World Cup game. And Belgium crashed out as a result. Now, it wasn't as bad against Man City... But the way he comically got in the way of DeMarco's... I think it was DeMarco's header. Yeah. It's going in. It's going in. And he's hit him on the head. And the, you know, four minutes to go or three minutes to go, normal time, middle of the goal. That header. Middle of, that is, that is as a, a six foot three, number nine, a free header in the middle of the goal, seven yards out. It is like... Talk about someone like Alan Shearer. That is... You do that oh, in his sleep. Yeah, Don't yeah. You do that in your sleep. You should do that in your sleep. You would expect a local... A local number nine. I think Philip Coutinho would have scored that yeah, header. I he's agree. Not a, as he, I don't, I've never seen him head the ball. Have you? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> he would have scored. <laughs> he would have scored. He would have scored. So in that respect, I was so disappointed. And this is a player that I've always liked as well. I just think that, that was, it was so poor. So poor, beggars belief, especially in the big moment. That's his moment. That is, That's yeah. his moment. That's his legacy moment. In terms of Inter Milan, why I was impressed with them, simply, and I'm not going to rant about it, I thought they were going to lose 5-0. Mm-hmm. And they probably should have gone to extra time. I think they were good enough to have forced extra time based on what they did in the 90 minutes. Because Man City, for a lot of it, you could say, weren't second best. They, they had a lot of the ball. But the better chance is probably Fado Inter Milan in yeah. the game. That's happened a lot recently with Man City, I've noticed. I even fought in the FA Cup final where Man United had a few chances and they weren't that threatening. Um, no, they, they had weren't. total control, but no, Inter Milan. Um, no, I agree. I agree with you a lot. Of your thoughts there. What did you What did you think of Inter Milan? What did you expect going into it? Basically, that I well, I, I thought it was going to be two or three. Did you? I thought it was going to be two or three, but I, I thought stylistically that's what they were going to put up. I wasn't surprised by the approach. I was surprised by the execution. Mm. But I thought they were a lot more effective than I was expecting them to be. Um, yeah, I, I I really didn't think that. As good as I thought they could punch above their weight, but it wasn't going to matter. Man City are too good. I suppose you could argue I was right, but I thought it had been 2 or 3 nil, which it wasn't. And as you say, they could make a very strong argument that they could have drew that game. And that is, unfortunately, where we're at. But take nothing away from Man City. Man City are the second best side I've ever seen. They're the best side you've ever seen. They're the most diverse, most complete side that I've ever seen. Still not the best, though. It's not the best. Because Barcelona had one little chap... Five foot seven, left footed, Pedro, <laughs> Jordi Alba. What a player! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, mate, I enjoyed that tonight, and I hope you enjoyed listening and uh, getting back involved with the Full On Football podcast. So, if you enjoyed listening to the show, make sure to reach out and just let us know. Appreciate it very much, and speak soon.
as you've got this far, we just want to say a big thank you from me and Ben. Thank you so much for listening to the show. We really, really appreciate it. Really appreciate all your feedback and all of your support in helping us do our show. Just do us a quick favour. Have a look at our TikTok. Check it out in the links below. And if you get a chance, leave a review. Follow the podcast to ensure you don't miss another episode. Cheers, guys.